Welcome to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. We hope this resource helps keep you informed about the various happenings inside the life of our church and equips you to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Good day, listeners to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. My name is Nathan. I'm sitting here with... Joey. What's your last name? Craft. And what's your name? Speak up. Catherine Feliciano, and we are here today talking about books that we think that you should consider reading for 2017. Maybe some of you got some Christmas money and you're thinking, what should I do with this money? Don't buy clothes, buy books. Don't buy gadgets, buy books. And so we want to have you to think about some books that you should buy. But before we do that, I just want to put a bit of a bow tie on the last conversation we had on our podcast, namely about reading strategically. And so we basically said four things as to why you should think in advance uh, of picking up books and buying them and reading them. Four things that you should think as to be thinking about. So you should be thinking about books that you should read in order to make yourself more broadly read. So don't read things you already know about. Exactly. you don't know about. Which kind of leads to the second thing that's similar to that, namely read books that are that will strengthen various areas that you're kind of weak in, things you don't know much about. So maybe you've never thought about the doctrine of... Adoption, and you saw, and you thought maybe I should take some time to read about that because I don't know much about it. Another reason was a third reason was is we read in order to be better communicators, so that we can write better and speak better. And then lastly, we read to rest. Sometimes it's just enjoyable to read certain books, so that's why we do it. And we read these different types of books from different types of authors with different types of experiences from different types of backgrounds. Uh, and some of these books that we read take a single day, some take a month or more, but we do all of it for the purposes of loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving our neighbor, because by learning those things, we can serve our neighbor. So, and it's also one of the ways, I think, that we, we talk about making disciples that delight in Christ, one of good ways. Yes, we disciple with the Bible, but we can also disciple the other books that we've read. So as we read, we're able to pass things on. Yeah, so here's a thought. As you hear these books, and if one of them sounds really interesting, let me encourage you, go and buy two or three. And after doing that, you then give it to somebody else, and you say, let's read this together. This sounds really interesting. So, yeah, so we can do all this together for the purposes of making disciples, which is what Christ commanded us to do for our joy and for his glory. So, that leads us then, guys, to the books that we would recommend to our listeners uh, for 2017, these are books that we said, so good, I'd like you to consider reading this next year. Joey, you're up first. Okay, so I've got a couple. Uh, the first would be Rejoicing in Christ by Michael Reeves. Uh, I think he may be recommended again in just a moment. Uh, he's a great author. Uh, essentially, if you can find anything by Michael Reeves, so far I would commend it. He's a good example of somebody that knows how to write beautifully. Yes. He's right. easy to read, but he's deep. And he weaves in church history and some other stuff. Humor. Yeah. Uh, so, Rejoicing in Christ. Rejoicing in Christ uh, by Michael Reeves. It's a short book. It comes in at a whopping 123 pages. Nice. Uh, there's even pictures. I think that's like 12-point font, too. Yeah, there's pictures yeah. sprinkled throughout. And so, this is a readable, doable book. I read it with a few guys uh, this uh, past year. And I love how he just gets at this idea of rejoicing or delighting in Christ about our obedience and how it's joyful. The happy life is the holy life and how God takes pleasure 
uh, in us. And so a quote from the back, he says, We are forgiven in order to know and enjoy Christ. Knowing him is the only true life. For through the gospel, the Spirit has opened our eyes to see not merely that Christ is true, but more, that Christ is glorious. He is therefore our greatest treasure, the treasure the Father has shared with us. Uh, And so that's what the book strives to help you do, is to rejoice in Christ and enjoy Him. Uh, Not that just He's true, and trust Him because He's true, but to treasure Him as a person for who He is. Catherine, did you read that book? What did you think? Is, Joe, is Joey's recommendation a good one? Yes. Rejoicing in Christ is a really good book. I read it with Alex Galdemez after you suggested it last year. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we loved it so much that we picked up what I'm going to recommend. Uh-huh. Okay. So nice. let's move. I'll come back to my other one later. Good transition. So the next book is Delighting in the Trinity. Who wrote that? Also by Michael Reeves. <laughs> yes. Michael Reeves fan club. Um, he does. I think the way that Reeves writes is really good because it targets not only your head but also your heart. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, going from rejoicing in Christ to delighting in the Trinity, he focuses on the different persons of the Trinity. And um, one thing I really like is he talks about the relationship of the persons of the Trinity mm-hmm. and that overflowing love that the Father has for the Son and the Spirit and how that overflows to us. And so it draws you in in a really different way. So the way he describes the book is, this book then will simply be about growing in our enjoyment of God and seeing how God's triune being makes all his ways beautiful. It's a chance to taste and see that the Lord is good, to have your heart won and yourself refreshed. So would it be fair to say that these two books that you guys just recommended by Reeves, Delighting in the Trinity, Rejoicing in Christ, are they practical or is it just really deep theology? Yes. Go. <laughs> yeah. I think yes. So I think that the one, that's what I think Reeves has done well, at least in these two books, is he takes the depths of, and when you think about delighting in the Trinity, most people are like, oh wow, that's, that's got to yeah. be some stale, more like confused by the Trinity would probably <laughs> be a better, right. yeah. stale theological truths that don't have any bearing. But I think what he does is he begins to weave it into, and even gives examples of practical everyday life of Christians striving to know and enjoy Jesus. So. You agree, Catherine? Yes. And when delighting in the Trinity, I think, obvi- I mean, we often think that the Trinity is pretty mysterious. As you said, we're mm-hmm. sometimes confused by it. But he does a really good job of talking about it as relationships and, and making it clear mm-hmm. why the Trinity isn't something that's just tacked on to our doctrine. Like, oh, we don't really need that. It's like, this is the essence of yeah. who God is. Yeah. So I, both Alex and I are really encouraged by this. But she's going to explain why you, why the church and why your life should be involved in the church because God's in a community himself and how that's good for our delight to do that. Yeah. Okay. My turn. My right, turn. Yeah, all right, I was my turn. All right, all right. So, so, uh, I would commend to you this book called You Are What You Love by a guy named James K.A. Smith. You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. Now, this book was so good, I am now going to reveal Joey's Christmas present on the air. This is what he's getting for Christmas. Oh, good. Yes, yeah, so this book, yeah, this book is so good. Let me tell you how good this book is. I listened to it on audio, and it was so good, I have purchased it, not only for Joey, but I purchased a hard copy for myself to read again in 2017, because I want to read the print version. I was so moved by it. Here's why it's good. 
So the reason what he's trying to do is he's trying to help us understand that discipleship is not primarily, or maybe not primarily, discipleship is not merely intellectual. Uh, but instead he's trying to help us see that discipleship ought to get into our affections. This is why the, he titles the book, You Are What You Love. So it's down at a heart level. And he uses this word liturgies a lot, maybe a little too much. What actually. is liturgy? Liturgy is just sort of a thing that trains. So we do a liturgy every week at our church. When we uh, we have prayers and we have preaching, uh, in particular commu- uh, communion, the Lord's Supper, that's a liturgy. It's a kind of thing that is training you to look deeper into something. It's a kind of a regular pattern of things that trains you to look deeper into something. And this book is so good because it teaches us that discipleship, loving God, helping other people follow Jesus is more than just passing along some information. It's actually getting down into our souls. And he does a phenomenal job. Uh, I was really encouraged by it. Joe, do you have any others you would yes, come in? That, how many pages is... I don't know because it was audio. So I'm guessing okay. it was it was probably it's probably close to 300. Oh wow, so a thicker book. Yeah, okay. slightly thicker. It's a little bit more dense than those two books you guys rec- recommend, but so it is awesome. Delighting in the Trinity, Catherine. How many pages? 130. Oh, those are the two, best. It too has pictures. Yes, it does. It has Mic- pictures and microphone. plot boxes. Yeah. So, so, so if you had to do another one, Joey, what would you recommend? All right. So let me. So so far we've recommended Rejoicing in Christ by Michael Reeves, Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. <laughs> And, and You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith, Joey's 2016 Christmas there present. There we go. Well, thank you, brother, for that. You're welcome. Uh, another book that I have read multiple times, including this past year, is You Can Change. Great book. I read it this year, too. This would be right under that last one for me. So, uh, in fact, I like it so much, I bought copies for all of our community group leaders. Mm-hmm. And so... They have all read it, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, so if you're, you should ask your community group, hey, how's that book? You can change. Uh, but again, this book is helping us think through how we can change, not just from a stop it, pull up your bootstraps perspective, mm-hmm. but from a God is to be enjoyed perspective. And because it's written by Tim Chester, he is a pastor, and so it's not just stale and stodgy, but it's warm. Uh, and it works through very specific examples. And in fact, as you go throughout the book, if you're looking to change a particular thing, he has what you what he calls the change project. And so at the end of each chapter, he references the change project. He gives you some questions and some exercises to think through. And so as you go through the book, it's very practical in that way. And so not only is it helpful for yourself personally, but again, because we believe the church is a, a group of disciple makers and counselors, this is a book that I think every Christian should have on their shelf to take and to work through others as you're helping them progress in their, their desire to be like Christ. So it's another one of those books that you get some a little bit of biblical theology combined with practicality. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm a uh, slow reader. I read that in a day. And I know that there are other people in our church. I've taken them through it, and they've taken others through it to work through specific issues. So whether it's a uh, downcast depression or fighting immorality in some level or various things, I know that people have worked through it. So uh, contents, contents, titles. What would you like to change? Why would you like to change? How are you going to change? When do you struggle? What truths do you need to turn to? What desires do you need to turn from? What stops you from changing? And on it goes. Yeah. 170 pages. Great book. Uh, no pictures. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but it still is a, an, an easy, readable book. Uh, so I would commend it to you, Restoration Church. Did you, you read can? that, Catherine? 
So all these books that you're reading, like, <laughs> so did you like, do you agree yeah. with Joey's assessment what again? What I really liked about You Can Change is the change project and how it really helped you stop and reflect mm. and apply it to your life as you went through. Yeah. And it was really good about teaching how to fight lies with truth and how that can change your heart. That's good. Yeah. So there we go. All right, Nathan. Do you have any others, Catherine? I, I only you only brought the one for one. Well, I have many. <laughs> I could do this for all day. So this this is a little bit different speed. Uh, so this is a uh, this is sort of like a biography, and it's a biography by a guy named Stephen Tompkins, no P T O M K I N S. Uh, it's called the Clapham Sect. Uh, it was part of the Clapham Sect. Nathan. There was a there was a guy by the name of John Venn, Maybe I don't, that's probably who you were thinking about. There's another lesser-known figure named William Wilberforce that was in that Clapham sect. Uh, Clapham sect, C-L-A-P-H-A-M. So here's the cool thing. You guys hear me talk every once in a while about Wilberforce. But the reason why this book is so, so great is it, it doesn't, it's, it's about all the people that were part of this little group called the Clapham sect. Wilberforce was just one guy. And the reason why this book is so good and why I think you guys would find this interesting is because what he does is he shows all these different people. There's a guy named James Stephen that's a lawyer. There's a uh, there's Hannah Moore that's a writer. Of course, you got Wilberforce that's a politician. You got John Venn that's a pastor. And all of these people are taking their trades, their jobs, and they're pooling them together to think about how they can use their trades together for the sake of the advance of God's kingdom and the eradication of injustices in the world, while also pushing the gospel along with the eradication of those injustices. So, is a wonderful way for me to think about. Um, I was just really encouraged to think about all the different ways that people can use their jobs for the sake of the kingdom. Um, so, yeah, I was I would really encourage you guys to read that. It's like a biography, not very long, f- phenomenal book. And also, I read the biography of John Venn, which is a pastor during that, and he was awesome. Great, great book too. That's biography. You should read that. And then one more. Oh, you got another. Yeah, just one more. This is this is one. totally this is totally off the board. So, if you're not interested in any kind of, well, I hope you're interested in Christian books. But I read a little book called The Victors. Eisenhower and His Boys, The Men of World War II by Stephen Ambrose. And all of Stephen Ambrose's stuff is pretty good, but it was just fun to read about the experience of World War II soldiers. And it was encouraging to me to think about bravery and courage and these kinds of things in real-life people. Very inspiring read. I'm done. All right. Any non-Christian? So Nathan cheated. I did. And I was going to ask the question. Catherine, any books that would, quote, be non-Christian, meaning they're not specifically Christian, that you would recommend? Mm. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go, 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 go. You, you answer, you answer. So I really liked, which is one I'd recommend to you before, All the Light We Cannot See, okay. which is a, a pretty long read, but it is really, you just get into it really quick, and it goes back and forth between a young blind girl and a young boy during uh, Nazi Germany, and he's being pulled into a Nazi um, military camp, and she is in France, and so it goes back and forth and weaves their story, and they eventually meet, and it's really good. Wow. Okay. So what was the name of it, one more time? All the Light We Cannot See. All the Light We Cannot See. All the Light We Cannot See. So I, I would say, this will be my last one, uh, but in terms of non-Christian reads, as it were, would be... The Wright Brothers by David McCullough. Mm-hmm. So if you've read any of David McCullough, you know that he writes historical nonfiction as if it were a fictional novel. True. And so you're, I like it because I feel like I'm accomplishing a couple things at once. Yeah. I'm being entertained and relaxing, but I'm also learning things that are true. Mm-hmm. And so it was fascinating to read about the, the fight 
to uh, the the chase for flight between the Smithsonian, as it were, and that had a lot of money. That had a lot, a lot of money, and the Wright brothers, who essentially spent a thousand dollars, and how they were able to um, beat the Smithsonian and figure out things. And so it was a wonderful read, and so I would encourage it people to read it. So you had, you had I have one more. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> this one is really good. So. If you're not interested in history, theology, philosophy, which shame on you if that doesn't describe any of you. <laughs> uh, this book is a book by, it was a New York Times bestseller. It's a, basically like, a, I'm, I'm assuming this guy's not a Christian. Barry Schwartz wrote a book called The Paradox of Choice. And it's a, uh, it's a, like a sociology book. And what he does is he takes all this data and he shows, oh, so good. He shows how because because we have so many options, so think, go to the grocery aisle in your mind and think about all the different options of bread and all the different options of jellies and all the different options of, I don't know, what else, condiments. And how, what he, the case that he makes is because we have so many options, we therefore are more unhappy. Uh, or we have difficulty, A, we have difficulty making decisions because we have so many options, and then when we do make decisions, we second-guess ourselves because of the many options, which makes us unhappy. Uh, phenomenal cultural analysis. analysis. Uh, quick read, uh, New York Times bestseller, great book, The Paradox of Choice, Barry Schwartz. All right, I'm finally done. All right, so let's wrap up. Let's just give everybody... One more time, the titles. Yeah. I recommend the ma- the first one. If they read nothing else in yep. 2017, these are the books we'd recommend. Yes. Rejoicing in Christ by Michael Reeves. Delighting in the Trinity, also by Michael Reeves. And uh, You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. There we go. Well, Restoration Church, we love you. We are thankful for you. And may God give us the grace in 2017 to continue making disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Restoration Church Life Podcast. May God continue to give us the grace to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ in Washington, D.C. and beyond.